just, just turn, turn your ears off um, if I get far. Are you guys just going to keep dancing the whole time? No, no, that's all right. You can. I just want to know if you're committing to that. If you're going to actually make the commitment to continue those arm movements. It's a workout? No, that's good. That's okay. Fair enough. I just want to share a thought um, briefly tonight, and I guess it's coming off some of the things I was talking about this morning a little bit on, I guess, really where we're anchored is part of it, extending our souls. But uh, Philippians 4 says this, My God will meet all your needs according to his riches, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet the occasional need. He'll give you some shoes and... My God will meet all your needs. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches. And um, I guess that's one of those things. What are his riches? Uh, is it just the change he finds in his back pocket or the couple of toys he finds stuffed down the edge of the couch and, uh, or, or the, the scrapings of the bottom of the bin? You know, the thing of, of God's provision for us and his actual treasury where he pulls out is deep riches. The word there, and, and um, the, the worship team learned it before, plutos. The Greek word plutos, which means abundance of external possessions, abundant fullness. He possesses all things, exhaustible, inexhaustible abilities to supply needs. So God's ability for every need you have, every situation, circumstance, trouble, trial you come across, is inexhaustible, there is no limit to it or no running out of it, according to the riches of his glory in Christ, so he provides that through Christ. So I just want to give a couple of things what that might look like. Um, so we have this weird saying of, of insanity is doing so, the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Insanity doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result to come from that. It, it might be that you just really suck at golf and you're just trying to get your swing in there and you actually have a, a bent arm. I'm told you need to keep a straight elbow. You just go, I'm going to keep my, just keep hacking away at this and one day the pool's going to go in the hole. And um, it's just not going to happen. And yet, in God, he's able to bring a different result out of the same action. In actual fact, he might tell you at some time just to go do the same thing you were doing yesterday. Keep doing the same thing because I'm just going to bring something different. There was a time Jesus was wandering around and, and all of a sudden people started asking him, go, hey, oh, I actually asked Peter. So, so Jesus, your master over there, does, does he pay his tax? We've just had to put, I hope everyone put their tax in last week. And uh, does he pay tax? And Peter, of course he does. And so he has, Jesus knows this and has a bit of a conversation with him. But... Then Jesus tells Peter to go do the same thing he's done every day of his life. Go fishing. They've got tax to pay. It's like, Jesus, come on. How's this going to pay tax? Go fishing. You're going to catch a fish and open up the fish's mouth. My tax and your tax is going to be in there. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just walk down the river this week, chuck a line in, pull out a fish. Here you go, government. There's your tax payment. Thank you very much. That'd just be really neat. But here's the thing. Jesus, God does things. You might do the same action over and over, but God is actually able 
to bring an extraordinary thing through just ordinary circumstances. In actual fact, it could be something you've done hundreds, thousands of times before, and you'll do something new with it. There's a time when um, Elisha, Um, Nahum come to him and, and sort of, he was sick, had leprosy, came to the king, sent this letter to the king and said, hey, I, wanna, I need to get well, you've got to do something about this. And so Elisha sent a message, said, no, send him here. And so he went, sent this message to Elisha and Elisha sent this message to him and said, come here, okay, what you need to do, go have a bath seven times in the Jordan River and you're going to be okay. He chucks a dummy spit. There's no way, this is just a ridiculous idea. Back in my own country, in Damascus, people in Damascus are just so much cleaner than you Israelites. You guys are disgusting. I have seen how you eat. I've seen how you dress. I've seen your river, your baths. You don't even use soap. You guys even know what deodorant is. Like, come on. It, it, you just got no clue. And so he, he has this big dummy spit, and then eventually his servant says, well, why wouldn't you just do that? If you said go do this monumental task and go kill 5,000 Philistines or something like that, you'd do it. Go jump in the river. So he did seven times and he got well. We, um, Susan and I started watching that, that Crown show yesterday. Um, yeah, on Netflix, The Crown. So about um, Queen, Queen Elizabeth and, and the early days in there. And so it gets to this one scene where King Henry, King Henry? King George. King George VI. Elizabeth's dad. <laughs> Elizabeth's dad's sick and he's having this surgery done on him and it's, Susan's looking at this thing going, that is just so unsanitary. It's in the middle of the castle. They're all there, and it's just unsanitary situation. I can't believe this has happened. I'm sitting there going, I just don't want to watch. She's just like, no, this is, I'm sorry, this is just disgusting. I don't want to see a lung come out. This is just gross. And, and, but she's just totally put off her thing. But that's what this is. Like, this is the whole thing of go, go bathe in the most unsanitary cesspit that you could find. We were camping last weekend, a few of us, and um, it's neat. And then a few of us went for a drive, and we found a lovely waterhole there to just go jump in. It was green, beautiful green water, absolutely fluorescent green water, and it had like little, yeah, yeah like the colours that come up, there. like those lights actually, that was about the colour of the water, and there was all these little flies around the top, and that and it just looked the most inviting place, just to go. But that's pretty much what, what Elisha says. Hey, go, go have a bath seven times in this this just pit of sewage, and and he didn't. He got well. You know, it doesn't matter the situation. God will bring just blessing and restoration through the most disgusting of circumstances. God is just able to meet your needs in just insanely stupid ways that are beyond what we ever thought could happen. I mean, crows. Crows are one of the most... I hate crows. I can't believe... And they're a protected thing. You can't shoot crows. It's illegal to get a bow out or a pellet gun or a spud gun or, or something like that and shoot a crow. Apparently, you're not allowed to do it. I haven't, by the way, so that's right. I have uh, just, they're just annoying birds, make annoying noises, but we know what they do. They fly down and they eat anything that's on the side of the road 
anything that you and I have run over, they'll come and they'll find it and they'll eat it. And yet Elijah, he just said, he'd gone to the king and said, God told him, hey, tell, tell the king it's not going to rain. And he did that. And then God said, hey, go up here. And so he went there and he stayed there. And every morning, God sent a crow to him with food in the crow's mouth, meat in the crow's mouth, to give to Elijah. That's not my experience of crows. They don't share well. I've watched them eat. I've watched them eat together. They're not a sharing type of bird. And yet in the midst of that, God will use those situations, those people in your world, in your life, who try and rob and steal and, and don't share and keep things to yourself. Yet God will bring provision to you through that. We were talking earlier about, uh, talking earlier about Joseph. Here's a, here's a young fellow who had a dream, had a destiny and a purpose of God on his life. Well, that got ruined when his brothers decided, dude, you are so up yourself, we're going to off you. And so they drug, found a big hole and threw him in it, going, yeah, we're just going to kill you, you're just dead. Dream killed. Oh, no, hang on. Even worse than that, we're going to sell you as a slave. We're actually going to make some money off your dream dead twice. Cool, he's going to go work for someone's family. Raises up in, as a servant in that household, and a slave becomes pretty much, runs the whole household. Hang on, hang on, I've actually got people, this is, this is getting near the dream, this is okay, I'm getting there. And then the dude's, ma, a dude's wife decides that he's a good-looking fellow and wants to go and hold hands with him a bit. All of a sudden, he's now chucked in jail. He loses his job unfairly. He did nothing, but gets accused of sleeping with his boss and gets chucked in jail. Well, it's really over now. And yet, in the midst of that, okay, now he gets a friend. His friend says he's going to give a good word when he gets out. So he gets out. No, his friend leaves him and, and discards him. Then it's like five, six situations where it just looks like it just can't happen, can't happen, can't happen, not going to happen. Until finally, oh yeah, hang on. He becomes too I see of an entire nation, not just, not just someone who's running the family business like he thought. God will supply all our needs according to his riches in the glory of Christ. God is able to do things beyond anything we ever thought from weird situations and circumstances. And, and we look, we, we get anchored in our thoughts on, I just need to get through, I just need to get it from here. Um, I was just being reminded before we've got grade 12s that are finishing in a couple of weeks' time. And the huge amount of pressure that's on you guys to go through there and go, okay, you've got to get the right results now because if you don't get the results now, and get the OP you need, and get into the uni course you need to, your life is over. It is just absolutely, it is done. If you don't get it right at this point in your world, it is just absolutely destroyed. And, and all of a sudden, we're told when we're 17, that if this is the only place we can pin our hope, is on this one little number we get. And yet our hope is in Jesus. I, I love the stories of, uh, of all these guys that have dropped out of uni and in the middle of school just gone, no, nah, we're going to do something different. There was this, this kid who wanted, uh, what is he, this 11-year-old kid, and um, he wanted to get an iPad. And his mum said, well, you can work for it. 
And so he decided that he's going to work for it. This is just in the last few weeks. And, and so he's like, okay. And she expected that he's going to mow the lawn and do some stuff around there. So what he does is he hops online and learns how to make candles. He then asks his grandma, for, for what do you want for your birthday? I want, I want this money to buy these supplies and make candles. So then he started making candles and selling them to all his family and his grandparents, his grandparents' friends for like $5 each. Then he got all that money, this 11-year-old kid, and then he went and, sold, he went and bought more supplies and now he drags his mum along to the markets every weekend and making three to $400 every weekend at the markets. He can buy a new iPad every month. And his mum sits there and goes, it would have been so much easier if I just bought him the iPad to start with. <laughs> but here's an 11-year-old kid who hasn't finished school, hasn't gotten an OP, and is already making more than what a lot of uni students graduate with at times. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and yet we anchor our hope and our position to what the world tells us needs to be. Candles is where it's at, guys. Learn to make candles. $11 each at the markets, apparently. Our God is able. You've got to understand, he can bring stuff from anywhere. A crow can feed you. A fish can pay your tax. From jail, he can move you to the 2IC of an entire nation. Like, you can take Malcolm Turnbull's job if you're in jail. That's pretty much what's, what's going on there. My God not only is able to meet your needs, but he will. He's not only able, but he's willing. He's willing. I think in these times, I just want to pray for things. I just want to really, I guess, pray. One of my pet things through the years has been this whole pressure that's placed on students and where our hope comes from for our destiny and, and our purpose and things like that. And so... Um, I think it's good for us to pray for different things. There's, there's maybe other stuff that you've got on your hearts, but I'd love to pray for that. And so actually, we're, gonna, we're just going to active in these times and just grab some groups and let's just pray for some stuff. And maybe if the guy's finishing school and, or that our students can split up between groups so that there's people in there to, to pray for and be part of that. Um, I don't want to give too much direction, but I want to give enough to those things. There you go, 15 minutes on the dot. Amazing. You guys stopped. I was watching your arms and it, and it finished. It, it was uh, okay. Thank you for the respect. That's, that's really nice. Folks. So is that enough direction? Yes, good. Done. Let's pray. Let's just spend some time praying and, and spend some time especially praying for, for, for where our hope is anchored and, and that God is the one that supplies and he's the one that pronounces destiny and blessing and and purpose, and not an OP score, or not a job, or not an interview, or not a...